When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain down. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. I don't know what that even means. Now I just want you in my arms again. And we can search each other's dreams. What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? It's Rhea Butcher, the host of this show. Three Swings. That's what you're listening to. Shout out to all the new Deadspin listeners. Uh, we've been getting a lot of tweets from you. Who started listening to the podcast after the Deadspin article, hopefully in uh, positive ways. Bench coach Brett didn't give me specifics on that, but thank you for listening. Um, and thanks again to Deadspin and John Linnigan for that wonderful piece. Um, he really got what I was trying to do with this old thing. Um, and I'm glad you're here. Uh, and I'm glad that the postseason is happening. It truly is the most wonderful time of the year. I was on a podcast recently and I was discussing the po- the postseason and one of the hosts was uh, talking about he just could not deal with the hundreds of games. And I, I do love that people say hundreds. It's it's only a, a hundred plus 62, but I get it. Um, that's if you're talking about one team and you should be, but whatever. Um, it's just very funny to me. Um, and yeah, like, look, I actually like that about baseball i like that you can watch the whole season every game even which i didn't do because i couldn't some of you probably did and to those of you that have done that i am so proud of you like honestly i'm so proud of you it must feel great it must feel awesome to be like i watched every episode of this i watched all of it i watched the whole thing. I didn't miss a thing. You're like Aerosmith. You didn't want to miss a thing. You don't want to miss a thing. So you didn't. That must be amazing. I wish I could do that. I really do. Maybe one day. Maybe one day, one year, one season, I will watch every game. That's not for me, though. I like to watch a lot. I like to watch a baseball game every day. And when I say a baseball game, that can consist of many different games that gets me to about or more than nine innings of baseball per day, if possible. So to me, that's 162 games of baseball. So I feel like I do watch 162 games of baseball in that way. So my whole point is, I love that about baseball. That you can be the kind of person 
that either does watch every single game of a team or every single game of the season or, or games of the season and then be like, now I get to watch the division tiebreaker. Now I get to watch the wildcard game. Now I get to watch the NLDS and the ALDS, the ALCS and the NLCS, and then the World Series. And I have been watching this plot unfold for months. And it is so satisfying. And you know, like, the whole story. And you know what's gone into it. And everything that everybody's put on the line for it. And something that nobody thought could be possible back in April is now absolutely happening in September and October. And you knew about it. And you know about it now. And at the same time, you can have not paid attention to any of that. And you can turn on FS1, TBS, MLB Network, and find yourself fascinated with a playoff baseball game. And on top of that, you could come in at the championship series. You could come in at the World Series. Hell, you could come in when it starts to be elimination games in the World Series, and you could get pulled in. I know that to be true because I know the past two World Serieses have done that for people. And that is what I love about this game, is that it pulls you in. It's an emotional game because it takes a while. I, I love it. I love that about it. So it's my favorite time of year. Happy postseason, everybody. Here we are. We've done it. Trying to think about the the personal stuff that I wanted to catch anybody up on. Mm, don't think that there is any. Just wanted to remind everybody that I will be uh, in Sacramento at their comedy spot. November 10th and 11th. Two shows on the 10th and then one show on the 11th. Um, I'll be at the Benson Ball on October 27th. I like to go out of order. So, whatever. Uh, the October 27th, I'll be at the Benson Ball. That's very close to being sold out, so get your tickets now. Um, I'll also be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on the 20th of October. Like I said, I'm, I'm literally going backwards. And then I'm going to go forwards again. Uh, on October 20th, I'm going to be headlining with Taylor Tomlinson at the 10,000 Laughs Festival. So please come out for that. Um, also, uh, my show in Portland has sold out. So keep your eyes peeled for a second show. That's on the 19th of January. And then I will be in Seattle the very next night, the 20th of January, at the Crocodile. So please come on out for that, Seattle. You had, you, hey, you had a good season. You had some good moments. You had a no-hitter. James Paxton had uh, an eagle fall, fall on his arm. That would be funny. Uh, land on his arm. Come on. Come on. I'm sorry it didn't end up the way you wanted it to, but at least you weren't the Angels. Sorry, Angels fans. Okay. Hey, and I just had a great time. I went back to Akron, which is a fun thing, because uh, if you're just getting to this podcast and this is the first episode you're listening to, um, I am very much from Akron, Ohio. I talk about it a lot. Sorry. I like that about myself. Um, my friend Dave Ignizio, uh, owner of Square Records in Highland Square, asked me to come out and MC the first ever Highland Film Festival, um, which was a, a short film festival for like Akron-based and Akron-specific short films. Um, and I was like, hell yeah, dude. And then I came out to do it and I had a great time. And I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody that came out, 
all the judges, um, specifically David Giffels. I got to meet one of my favorite writers, and he lives in Akron, is very much from Akron. He's very much a similar similar dude to me in that way. Like he's very much into that stuff and just like it's very much part of his being. And um, check out his books. They're really good. I really like them. Obviously, they're very much about from the place that I'm from. So I like them for that reason. But I, I also think they're just really good books. He wrote uh, The Hard Way on Purpose, which is a collection of essays. And then um, A Long Way Home, I believe is what it's called, about um, working on a house that he bought that was like basically condemned and then his most recent book furnishing eternity about building a coffin with his father and they're all really good um but i i mostly want to say thanks to everybody that came out to that film festival it's really wonderful and all of the films were really great it's really cool to see how creative people are just in general and also to see how creative people are in a place like akron and like it's actually really in terms of creativity and art and making things like people are really into it. And it gave me so much, um, joy and happiness. Um, I don't really use the word hope much these days cause I don't believe it to be a real thing, but I will use it here. It gave me a lot of hope because I realized like my generation of people were, there was nothing going on and we were like, we need to move someplace else. And then what's happened now is that, people who lived in places smaller than Akron are like, oh my God, look at everything happening in Akron and then moving there. And so I, it must be happening in other places across the country. And that is going to have a huge effect on everything in like five years. So that gives me something to look forward to and believe in that people are claiming space and making things out of it and working with each other. And that's just really cool. So I just wanted to give a shout out to the Highland Theater, Highland Square in general, Akron, Ohio, the John S. Knight Foundation for funding it and funding all of the creative stuff that they do in Akron, Ohio. Um, and to Dave Ignazio and everybody that worked on putting the festival together, um, you were all great. And thank you to Luigi's for feeding me two nights in a row and for having the music box come on to Cryin' by Aerosmith because that was a dream I didn't know I had. So uh, that was really great. And I had a great time in my hometown. I think that's pretty much it. Um, I'm feeling good. I can't remember if I mentioned on this show whether I started meditating, but I did. And this thing doesn't advertise on my podcast. Maybe they will, but I started using the Headspace app. It helps me meditate. I read a book about it, so my meditation is rooted in like Buddhist philosophy basics. Don't consider myself to be Buddhist in any way. Not necessarily. Not yet. And not necessarily not. But also, I'm not trying to say all of a sudden I'm Buddhist. However... I find a lot of connection between the game of baseball and Buddhism. Maybe I'll get into that when we talk about Bull Durham at some point. <laughs> but I did start meditating. Yes, I've talked about this a ton. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> it's a very specific shout out. Um, I started meditating and I use the Headspace app and I like it a lot. So I suggest maybe giving it a shot. If you have anxiety or like you just get wrapped up in your thoughts a lot, it has helped me a ton. It's changed a lot of things. Um, great. So, yeah, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back in and I'll I'll talk about the championships so far, the playoffs so far, and then uh, yeah, I'll see you in a second. Oh man, guess what? I'm gonna tell you about my favorite underwear. That's Tomboy X. I love wearing their underwear. It's cool. It's funky. It's not really funky, but I like the way it fits. Uh, it fits my body. It fits my personality. 
I like what they're doing. So it's time to get some underwear with less frills and more function. Some underwear that isn't something your mom got to fem you up. It's time you got some underwear that's made for you and how you see yourself. You can get bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks, and boy shorts, soft bras, racerback bras, everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints, and brilliant colors. All options come in extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody can feel good in. And that's also anybody. So go to TomboyX.com baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And Three Swings listeners get an extra 15% off with code BASEBALL. Again, code BASEBALL for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com slash baseball. All right, we're back. I'm going to talk about... uh, Oh, uh, before I get into this, I do want to say, send me some rosin bags, everybody, especially those new Deadspin listeners. If you uh, start listening to the podcast because of the Deadspin article, how about you uh, shoot me you know you can send it to me if you want to we'll probably see it better that way but it's better if you send it to at three swings pod because then we can organize them and you can hashtag it with rosin bag if you want to but that's just like our sort of like a mailbag and you can ask me baseball questions or you can ask me life philosophical questions whatever you want to do advice on anything somebody once asked me about like moving in with their partner and i think i gave them good advice um so if you want to do that please do that so uh send that to at three swings pod um because i want to get some of those questions back into there now let's get into playoff baseball so starting with our division series recaps boston defeats new york three to one after losing game one by only one run five to four and winning game two handily six to two the yankees got destroyed at home in game three 16 to one a game i can't believe i missed but i did and were dominated for most of game four despite a ninth inning surge losing four to three i caught the very end of that game the last inning of that game and hoo boy Look, uh, in the world of baseball, and as someone who is is neither a Yankee nor Red Sox fan, um, I'm going to go Red Sox because I just don't like the Yankees. And this is a personal preference. Also, somebody asked me if I was a Yankee fan, and I was like, come on, you know me. I'm a fan of baseball. Of course I'm not a Yankee fan. <laughs> um, but I just like, I mean, look, it's kind of, you know, they're both kind of evil empires, and I'm sorry, there are good fans of both of those teams, of course, but you look into the stands of those places, and you're like, yeesh, yikes, but you look into the stands of, honestly, any baseball stadium, especially during the postseason when it's affluent people that are the only people that can afford to go to these games, it's some scary people, but I will say when they're shoot, uh, uh, the shots into those stands during the last inning of that game when Kimbrel was spiking every third slider. Um, I just was turned to my friends and was like, they look like cops. They all look like cops. It's just scary. Not a huge fan. Not a huge fan of that. So there have been various explanations for the Yankees' up and down performance. And uh, Yankee pitcher CC Sabathia ripped umpire Angel Hernandez. And others blamed manager Aaron Boone's inexperience, particularly for the Game 3 fiasco when he stuck with Luis Sever- Severino perhaps a bit too long he pulled him in the fourth inning with the score 3-0 and the bases loaded and then turned to Lance Lynn instead of his deep stash of power relievers including Dellen Batances and David Robertson the Red Sox went on to score seven runs in the inning I would say that was a mistake 
Um, I think that Craig Council so far, you know, I would, I think that I picked Bud Black over Craig Council in uh, our awards episode. And I think I'm going to change that actually, because I think Craig Council has deployed the bullpenning and the, like, obviously he has a, a, a deadly bullpen to begin with, but I think that his deployment of bullpenning in the playoffs thus far has been the most effective. Um, in that he's done it in games where he could see that it would work. Uh, it seemed like he was aware of the deployment of it, as opposed to we're going to bullpen this game. Do you know what I, you know what I mean? Like um, uh, the A's, it just sort of seemed like this is what we have to do as opposed to this is what's going to get us a win, or this is what's going to get us a win without blowing a starter out that we need to save. Um, and Craig Council seemed to go with bullpen arms that would work in a starting position. Um, and so now, and we'll get to this a little bit later, the Brewers starters are just ready to go. I mean, they've had so much time off anyway that it kind of doesn't matter. But on top of that, they've had even more time because of that. And then the bullpen is also fresh, I think, in terms of getting work like that. So... Um, it, it, it baffles me that Aaron Boone would, would go to a starter in that situation as opposed to a reliever. I mean, you, it, it's bonkers to me when these managers in a, in a five game division series to me, every game is must win every game. You know, you, you, you don't have the time to get into a rhythm. I mean, John Smoltz talks about this all the time. Like you don't have the time to get into a rhythm. So you, you, you can't lose two games. <laughs> you just can't. Then you have to win every game. So game one is a, is a must win to, to me, you know, I, I don't know. It, it just seems like a couple of these managers don't look at it that way. And that's very strange to me. So yeah, Lance Lynn, very up and down all season. And not sure why you would go with him over Dylan Batances, uh, for sure. Um, so, I mean, my account for the Yankees' performance is look at their season. I mean, their season was the same thing. Um, a friend, uh, friend of the show, Andy Billman, uh, director of the 30 for 30 Believeland, said to me he was scared of the Yankees because he was afraid that they had been, like, purposely tanking or hiding stuff. And, like, I don't disagree with that, but it clearly didn't work. Um, I don't think that they... They don't seem to... Like, the Red Sox really play as a team, you know? And the Yankees less so. The Yankees are a little bit a bunch of solo artists jamming together. And then the Red Sox are, like, a jam band jamming together if that makes sense um the yankees are the traveling wilburys and uh um the red Sox are fish okay um so and brock holt we couldn't get past this division series without saying that the red Sox second baseman who bets seventh in the lineup and hit 277 this year with seven home runs and 46 rbi became the first mlb player in history to hit for this cycle in the postseason, he wasn't even supposed to be on the t he wasn't even supposed to be on the roster. You know, like this is the kind of stuff that the postseason is all about. Brock Holt hitting for the cycle, 
And yeah, I'll add the asterisk that the home run was off a position player. But do you actually know how hard that is to do? It's not hard to do in Yankee Stadium. Yes, I understand. The right field wall is like two feet high. I get it. But do you actually know how hard it is to hit a home run off of somebody that's only throwing 60? It's hard. Especially if you're not... Like, Brock Holt is not Aaron Judge. (laughs) He's not like some big power hitter or anything. Did you see the way he hit that thing? It was crazy. Hitting the for the cycle in the postseason, congratulations, Brock Holt. That's very cool. You'll be remembered forever. It's very neat. Moving on to the other AL Division Series. Also, I would like to take this moment to point out the fact that it's been brought to my attention by my good friend and fake brother, Adam Conover, that some sports writers have been referring to the division races as pennants. That's wrong. I don't know when the div- it's a division race and you win a division title and then you win the pennant, either AL or NL. Why would it be called a pennant if then the pennant also exists? You can't also then have the pennant if there's another pennant. I don't know what, when did this happen? They're wrong. And why do they have jobs and not me in writing sports? Probably because I don't write. Anyway, just wanted to make that correction out there. Um, so Houston sweeps Cleveland three to nothing. This series was never really in doubt. I totally agree. I was worried about it and thought, well, I mean, our pit- there's four pitchers with 200 plus strikeouts. Didn't matter. Houston is a machine, uh, quite literally. They run on data and uh, youth. <laughs> and um, they're pretty scary. But I'm excited to see Houston and Boston play each other because they're kind of similar in completely different ways. Um, and maybe I'll get into that in a second. Uh, Houston won 7-2, to 3-1, and a decisive 11-3 victory in Game 3, which was just embarrassing. Um, that's even worse than last year when Cleveland lost to the Yankees. Uh, at least they won a game. Um, so, yeah, Cleveland... Hey, make the Central... Make the American League Central Division competitive again. That would be nice. Uh, actually, make all the divisions competitive. Stop tanking teams. Stop letting Wall Street be what rules baseball. That's what's ruining baseball. It's not that it takes too long. It's that Wall Street is involved. Um, So I am excited about Houston versus Boston. Uh, Houston definitely has the bullpen advantage there with the piece of shit Asuna. Um, Because Kimbrell's a little shaky. Uh... Also, Houston's offense seems to be in full 2017 mode. Springer had three home runs in the series. Bregman had two. Altuve had one. Correa had one. Um, I'm excited to see them play each other. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a slugfest for sure, in every way, shape, and form. Um, Houston has like the data and all the like technology, and Boston to me just has like the heart of Boston. That's not to say that Houston doesn't. Uh, I just mean, like, Boston's got a thing going, and Houston has, like, paperwork going. And each thing is cool, you know? I'm not, there's, one isn't better than the other. It's just that um, when I look at Houston, I see a team that has, like, reams of data that, like, they know what's going to happen before it happens, which some could say is cheating, but whatever. Um, And then Boston is more like, uh, Alex Cora is kind of a player's manager, which I'm pretty excited about, um, seeing more of that in the game. Um, and it's just exciting to see this 
young team that just really playing together. And each uh, Houston is doing the same thing. They're also playing together. But I just mean, you know, each one has a slightly different thing. So it's going to be this that series is going to be nuts. Uh, probably I would say I hope look, I'll say it this way. I hope it goes to five games. I'll say it that way because my predictions have been completely off. So I'm, I'm not going to make any more. The one I did, um, shout out to MLB Entertainment for coming out to my practice and talking to my teammates and talking to me about postseason baseball and also my postseason baseball in my baseball league. Um, my prediction is it's 50-50, could be the same matchup as last year or anything else, which is not really a prediction, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Milwaukee also sweeps Colorado 3 to nothing. After a competitive game one, the Brewers won in a walk-off three to walk-off. Yeah, walk-off three to two. The Rockies didn't score another run in the series, losing four to nothing and six to nothing in the final two games. Uh, bench coach Brett wants to know if I was surprised by Milwaukee's pitching dominance throughout the series. The Rockies' only runs in the entire series were scored in the ninth inning of Game One, and they were shut out at Coors Field. He tried to find the last time that happened, and he had to go all the way back to May 9th versus the Angels. So for that series, I feel like there are two things happening here in equal parts. And also each one taken on its own could be the single reason. Make sense? Cool. One, the Brewers are also a machine. So honestly, like in terms of baseball, I would love to see the Brewers and the, and the Astros play each other. Because they seem to be like copies of each other. But in terms of fandom, obviously, I want the Dodgers to win. But I think that the Brewers are like, you know, they're they're just, they've clicked. Everything's working now. They've got everything they wanted, and it's working. Um, and then the Rockies just ran out of gas. I mean, they... That Cubs game, that uh, wild card game was intense. That thing was long and they had played before that. That was their third time zone in as many days. Um, and then they had lost to LA. They had lost the day before that to the Giants, I think. No, not the Giants, the Diamondbacks. So like they, they, they were working hard at the end of the season. Uh, so were the Brewers. But they had more pieces, I think. Um, they had a deep. They have a deeper bench than the Rockies, and I think the Rockies just—they clearly just ran out of gas. So next year, Colorado. Sorry about it. Um, and then we have Los Angeles Dodgers beating Atlanta three to one. Like the Rockies, the Bravos. I'm gonna call them the Bravos if everybody's okay with that. Let me know if you're not. If you're not, I'll change it. We're blanked for most of the series, losing six to nothing and three to nothing in the first two games to the Dodgers, putting up a little better fight at home, winning game three, six to five, and losing game four, six to two. If you subtract the Acuna Grand Slam in game three, though, Atlanta managed only four runs in the series. And the Acuna Grand Slam was really an interesting moment. If you missed it, Walker Bueller in the fourth inning could not throw a strike. He walked the bases loaded, put the pitcher on. He couldn't throw a strike. And then Acuna stepped into the box, three three balls, and then on the fourth ball, Acuna before the pitch got to Acuna before the pitch got to the plate, like dropped his bat and started taking his shit off. And because he did that, the umpire called a strike. 
which was just like a brilliant moment of baseball because like I've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about attitudes and how I don't like the policing of attitudes, especially of players of color. And in this situation, he happens to be a player of color. But I actually think that policing of that attitude should should have and would have happened no matter what the player was doing because he's a young player and to do that was shitty no matter how bad he was pitching and like yeah it was a ball and yes I'm a Dodger fan but like you don't do that and like now he learned don't do that you know but then he threw another one like two inches right at the top of the zone and Acuna cranked a grand slam so he ended up winning you know he learned a lesson but then he also got the last word so it was like kind of a great Kind of a great baseball moment. So if you can pull up, like pull up that sequence, it's a really great, it's a really great sequence. Also, just to circle back again, Craig Kimbrell did have a couple really great pitching sequences in the bottom of the ninth of that uh, of game three or game four uh, at Yankee Stadium. Some of those were absolutely uh, specifically against Giancarlo Stanton um, because I've been working on following pitch sequences. And that strategy, because it was not something that I really paid attention to or anybody that I watched with really paid attention to or thought about, you know, and I didn't really listen. The analysts that I listened to didn't really talk about it either, or at least not in in great length. Or maybe I just didn't get it. But now I'm I'm like into it, like sequences and that strategy of like changing the batter's eyeline and stuff. So go back to the Stanton at bat in the bottom of the ninth of game four. If you want to check something out like that. So my thoughts on the baby bravos are what do they need to add to seriously compete? Um, I mean, I, th- I think they need a veteran that isn't Freddie Freeman. I think Freddie Freeman just isn't the leader that they need. I think they need a leader and they don't have one. And like Nick Marcakis isn't either, you know? Um, so I think they need somebody like, I don't know I, who's coming to my mind right now. I mean, they got Lucas Duda. He didn't really do do much for them. Um, so they need a vet, you know, who's somebody that I think that they could use is, uh, Cespedes. That's just coming out of my butt. I don't know. (laughs) Just thinking about it anyway. Okay. So thoughts on the Dodgers, uh, Machado and Muncie both batted under 200 for the series, but had key hits. Bellinger was O for 11. That does not bode well. Uh, Turner was five for 14. Three hitting 357 bodes well. Great job, JT. Love to watch you play. And Puig was three for nine with a 333 batting average. David Freeze had two RBI and three at bats. David Freeze also came in in the clutch with a two RBI single. Um, and that is the kind of veteran that you need. And I realized, you know, I was like <laughs> cold on their David Freeze pickup. And then I saw that at bat and was like, oh, yeah, this is right. Because the other. Uh, pickups that the Dodgers had in Brian Dozier and Manny Machado, I realized watching them playing the Braves, I realized watching them play the Bravos is that they don't have a ton of postseason experience. Wildcard games and that's it. And they both lost. So those two guys like don't really have the mental stuff that Freeze has. So I'm glad they got all three. And Machado seems to be evening it out. I hope he starts hitting better. And Muncie, I mean, look, he was seriously platooning near the end of the season. So I give him a minute to get back into it. And I'm hoping that against the Brewers is when he does it. 
Uh, 14 of the 20 Dodgers runs in the series came from home runs or sacrifice flies. Peterson won, Muncie two, Hernandez one, Machado two, Grandall Taylor, Grandall one, and Taylor one. Again, you can go back to my last episode. Like they live and die off of the thing. It's not the best. I mean, fl sacrifice flies all right. That means you're getting on base. But I'm not stoked on the on the home run <laughs> reliance because when you if you run into the Astros, it's not going to be good. So, championship series previews. This is a behemoth of championship series. No outliers here. Just four stack teams, all seemingly at the peak of their abilities, and no significant injuries, minus Corey Seager. Boston versus Houston. Houston won the series 4-3. Again, that's pretty tight. Game one is Saturday in Boston, Verlander versus Sale. Uh, my prediction... Uh, my prediction is that Verlander throws a better game... And when he comes out, Boston wins. So we've got the uh, Los Angeles versus Milwaukee. LA won the season series 4-3. Game one Friday is in Milwaukee. It's Kershaw versus TBD. But it's probably going to be Hulis Chassin. Uh, my prediction is that it goes extra innings and the Brewers walk it off. But I want the Dodgers to win. So that's those are my predictions. Um and uh, Brett wants me to give a shout out to my predictive tweet the other day. Uh, both Atlanta and Cleveland were eliminated on Indigenous Peoples Day, October 8th. Uh, plus, the Washington football team also lost on the same day. So take that, you fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm sorry this is a short episode, but um, let's get into it. Next week, I'm going to have a little more time to devote Maybe I'll put out two episodes for the weekend and then going into the end of the series. I always say this and then I probably end up can't, not being able to do it because I have life shit that I have to take care of. Um, but just take care of everybody out there. Um, reach out to a friend. Let them know you care. It's as much for you as it is for them. And I've been finding that really helpful in my life. There's a lot of people out there and you probably sometimes feel lonely. But there's people that care about you and they want to know how you're doing. So find out how they're doing and let them know how you're doing. It's helpful. Um, also, if you like this podcast, please tell a friend. Maybe that friend that you reach out to and say, hey, how are you doing? I listen to this podcast. I really like it. And I think maybe you'll like it. Give it a shot. Um, that's the best way to grow this audience is like through grassroots, organic growing. You know, no pesticides here. I keep that in my LaCroix. Those are incesticides, but whatever. It's funny anyways. Um, let people know, but also if you feel so inclined, you know, review, subscribe, uh, download, do all that stuff, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Spotify, whatever you listen to it on. I really appreciate you. I'm having a fun time making this thing and I hope to keep making it and you can tell me different things you want me to do with it. But for now, this is what I like doing. And as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.